Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 232. We have an apology for Darius Garland. Frank Vogel was fired, unbeknownst to him. And it's the Clips and Drew playoff preview. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 232. How you feeling, Drew? How you how you living? I'm living good, man. Stress-free. Uh, don't have to worry about the, the Lakers in the playoffs. So I'm 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 good. Oh, we're we're gonna be talking about the Lakers here in a minute. Um, I I, I went to the mall today, man. I haven't been to the mall. In a couple years, okay. I took my, a trip up to Mission Viejo because I'm trying to find something that I could wear to your wedding. Because oh, I have nice. not, well, I have nothing that fits me anymore. I try to put uh-huh. on my slacks. I'm like, nope. <laughs> try to put on a nice little dress shirt that's been in the back of the closet and like, nope, that's not fitting. So I'm like, maybe I'll stop by a men's warehouse or or I'm gonna go up to the mall. And then I'm like, yo, if I go to the mall, I can go to my my favorite spot, Taco Mesa, and get my favorite burrito in the world. So that was kind of like the 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 motivation i needed to go to the there mall. you go uh had the burrito uh black and chicken wet on wheat wow wheat, wheat tortilla add spanish rice it's the best man and it just, just hit on all levels but i did not find anything to wear to your wedding so i will be wearing a clips and drew t-shirt to your wedding i hope <laughs> i hope the bridesmaids are okay with that hey we got some house cleaning to do real quick before we start our our playoff preview you know, I want to apologize on behalf of myself and Drew because we made a huge error last week. And it wasn't that it wasn't in the notes. It's just sometimes Drew and I go all over the place on award shows and even in every one of our podcasts. We forgot Darius Garland for most <laughs> improved player. And I feel like the biggest idiot because we've talked about him a lot this season. And the fact that we didn't bring him up in the most improved player bracket, even though I like Jordan Poole and I think Jordan Poole should win it this year. Um, we didn't bring him up, Drew, and it makes me feel amateur at times. You even texted me and you're like, yo, we forgot Darius. And I go back to my notes and he's in my notes. I don't understand why I, I just passed over on Darius Garland. So I, I apologize. You got anything to say to Darius, dude? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. It's just one of those things that happen where it's like, oh, shit, we completely didn't talk about Darius Garland, a guy who has to be mentioned for most improved player, you know, made his first all-star game and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, it happens. I think that's the thing is it just kind of happens. And here we are admitting it. Uh, shout out to Darius Garland, who is, I, you know, something we didn't talk about, but is highly likely to win the most improved player award and well-deserving. It's just one of those things where kind of just slipped our minds. So yeah, we don't talk about Darius Garland, but we mentioned De- DeJounte Murray about 19 times in that yeah. podcast. So <laughs> I feel, I just felt really bad. 
Um, another thing I feel bad for, Drew, tell me how this happens. And I know you don't want to talk much about your Lakers, but you guys pulled out a victory last night, correct? Against uh, who'd you guys have? Denver? Yep, Denver. Denver last night. Pulled out a good win. Your boy, uh, the uh, Reeves, what's his nickname again? Hillbilly Kobe. Uh, well, so he's AR, AR-15, Hillbilly Kobe. <laughs> he had a great game, took him into OT, right? It was OT last night? Yeah, we won in overtime. He's the like the fourth Laker rookie to ever have a triple-double of that magnitude. 30-point-plus mm. triple-double for Austin Reeves. Mm, big and game. And a win. And a, and a win to end the season. <laughs> in, in a dub, but like in true Laker media fashion – it comes out before before Frank Vogel can even get to the podium. Woj is already tweeting out that Frank Vogel's been fired. He's already coached his last game for the Lakers. And I'm like, how fucked up is that of Frank Vogel? Has to answer, you know, he comes off his final, final game of the season, a great win, and then he comes to the podium and people are asking him about him being fired. And he's like, nobody's told me shit yet. So I was a little upset. I was a little upset at, at Woj for the simple fact, like, can you let this guy just finish his first game first? And and who's the guy telling Woj? Is it Palinka? Is it is it Rambus? Who is it LeBron? Who's telling Woj that yes, this is his last game and he's being fired? I was just a little pissed off and I feel bad for Vogel. Yeah, I feel bad for him too. And this kind of capped off like the circus show that this season was for the Lakers very well. Like we can't even bow out of the season without headlines at this point. It's outrageous. Yes, the headline was nice, the way that we beat Denver and big shout out to Austin Reeves. I told y'all the kid can play for everyone who's doubting Austin Reeves. The guy knows how to play basketball. And shout out to Mac McClung for that awesome dunk mm. right before the end of the game. That was fucking cool. Huge. And he had a nice couple of plays during that game. So big, big, big uh, debut for Mac McClung. Uh, more life to Mac, as they say, OVO. Uh, but the Vogel announcement of like him being fired was not news that needed to be broken in that moment, nor was it news to any Lakers fan who had a brain cell this year. It's like the whole time we've been scapegoating Vogel and trying to throw him under the bus for how bad the season has gone. And of course he owns that blame. Uh, he doesn't own all of it in my opinion, but he is not, you know, completely innocent uh, and, and, and not responsible for how the Lakers season went. He is definitely partially responsible, but what Woj did is he removed the dignity that comes with being in that position uh, until your employer informs you that you're no longer in that position. And that's the part that really rubs me the wrong way. And I think you talked about it briefly there, but it's like journalism used to have an integrity component to it. And I think obviously the internet and the, you know, how fast information gets out changed all of that. But this particular instance Maybe the only time that I'm like questioning why Woj felt the need to get this out there so fast. It changes nothing, um, literally nothing other than, yes, there's an announcement that the Lakers now have a vacancy at head coach. All of us kind of assumed that that was going to happen. But it's not like the Lakers are in the playoffs or in the play-in and we fired Vogel and there's more to come. It's the end of the goddamn season. Can we just let this end and have this man still have his dignity intact and be informed correctly and rightly? Uh, by the Lakers that you know his services are no longer required first of all he's gonna have a payday so congrats Frank he got locked up to a contract extension the beginning of this year so well done sir he's gonna have that money coming for a bit and it frees him up to go do a great job for some other team which I undoubtedly think he will do Um, and then the second piece is exactly what you brought up 
who's leaking this information to Woj well in advance, knowing that Woj breaks news like this when he receives that information. So I want to fault Woj a little bit, but I also want to go like, all right, who's the mole, right? Who's, who's Woj's guy. And if it's Palinka or, you know, if it's Jeannie Buss or, you know, whatever, whoever it is, if it's a player, if it's LeBron, uh, None of that's cool with me. And it just added nothing to the situation. It just completely needed to be avoided. Let him find out the right way and then break the news first that way. Yeah. Can you let him enjoy a victory? You know, (laughs) out of all the bad things that have happened. One of the 33 that we had all year. Right. But can you just let him enjoy it? You know, and then so he's not and, and so he's not bombarded with these questions that he has no idea about. Like, I haven't been fired yet. Nobody's told me shit. Well, Woj said it, so it must be true. And like you could have just you could have it at the earliest waited till after the presser or at the latest this morning, right? Let the guy have his exit interview. And those were done yesterday. And I listened to, to uh Polinka's uh he he did his live interview today, and a couple things were interesting to me. He speaks very well. He takes full he takes responsibility for this season as well. And he was talking about what Laker fans expect. You know, we expect if it's not a championship, uh, it's not it's not a good season for us. And this was very disappointing, all that. And then he kept saying, like, he brought up the partnership with LeBron James. And I thought just thought that was so weird. The wording of partnership. Like nobody ever says that. Uh like a GM, our partnership with Kawhi Leonard, our partnership with LaMelo Ball. No, dude, he's your player on your team. And and then LeBron came out with a total LeBron quote when he was at his press conference, and he's like, I don't want to sit here and make decisions for the front office. And it's like, bro, you're not fooling anybody. You do have some say in what happens in that front office. You may not have the end-all, be-all of what happens there. Jeannie and, and the squad, the basketball operations squad are going to have – you know, uh, total reign over this decisions that are made, but don't sit here and act like you don't have any influence. It's just such a LeBron thing to say, man. Yeah, you're totally right. It's a classic LeBron thing, uh, to just be like, like I'm, there's a chance that he texted Rob, like a list of players that he wants as a free agent for this upcoming year, right before the presser. And then saying, I don't want to be making decisions for the front office. Like, I feel like that's exactly the timeline of what happened. Like LeBron during the game was like watching Denver and be like, Hey, uh, let's get uncle Jeff. I love uncle Jeff. What's Faku going for right now? Yeah. What's Compazzo going out there for right now? Like, what can we hey, do? There's another thing. There's another thing. Wayne Ellington chill, bro. You're not putting <laughs> hands on anybody. Come on now. It was a dirty foul by Compazzo. Who knows if Wayne will have another opportunity to put his hands on Compazzo next year. Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, but we know, you know, he could definitely have courtside seats next year as a fan and potentially put his hands on Faku. But back to the back to the point you were making. We all know LeBron. He, he can say whatever he wants, right? Like he can say, sit there and say, I don't want to be involved in the front office. Like da, 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 da. But we also know, like based on patterns and based on history, that it's false. And this is. You know, that's exactly what LeBron James is in a nutshell for me. <laughs> they said that he, LeBron has had five coaches fired, which is one more ring that he has. So he's fired <laughs> more coaches than rings that he has. But And he tried to get Spolster fired. Do you remember that? Like, <laughs> he totally tried for a sixth. He was going for the MJ of coaches. That's what it was. Oh, that's so wild. Hey, so as as fast as the NBA season started this year, it's now like a candle in the wind. It is over. It went by in the blink of an eye. So much stuff happened this year. We had so many storylines, so many things that just 
you know, took over the headlines, whether it be Kyrie and the vaccinations uh, status or it's Ben Simmons, where the hell are you? What are we going to do with Ben Simmons? Or it's James Harden bullying his way out of yet another NBA team, or it's the the Titans, the big men, the year of the big men and in Joker and Embiid and in towns. And we're seeing these, these new teams come up, whether it's Minnesota and Cleveland, we're seeing LaMelo ball and, and Anthony Edwards, these young cats, Cade Cunningham and, and, uh, and Evan Mobley and, and Franz Wagner and Scotty Barnes. We're seeing the, the future of the NBA in this season, but now we've come down to the nitty gritty. It's over. And now we're getting into the playoffs where everything matters. Um, and we're going to start with the play-in series. And, I, you know, I, I guess we should start with the Clippers, Minnesota, because this is a big deal. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if we had Paul George the whole season or if we had Kawhi Leonard, we wouldn't be in this position. But we did end up having a winning record this season, um, which is a miracle considering all – uh, the issues that we've had with injuries. We've missed players all year long. And I, I, I've been adamant on our show saying how proud I am of our squad. I, I, it's been a very exciting season. There has been highs, there has been lows, and we've dealt with every one of them. Our, the mantra of next man up is something that the Clippers really abide by. And, you know, it started kind of in the beginning of the year. You remember when we had this Harry, uh, the, we had the the Giles Jr. and the Hartenstein. Who is this guy? You know, who are we going to take? And, and the addition of Hartenstein was great. The finesse of actually pulling off a Norman Powell and Rocco to get on our team for Bledsoe and Winslow is still just, it's a mind boggle to me. I cannot believe that Portland, that's another storyline, literally just fire sold their whole, their whole squad. And, and then, you know, we immediately get Norman Powell and then he gets hurt. But anyways, we're going into this playoff series against one of our favorite uh, Clippers of all time, Pat Beverly, who does the most Pat Beverly thing last night and gets ejected from the game in their last regular season game, which could have, it could t- turn into a suspension, which would be so Pat Beverly-like. I don't think they're going to do that to him. But he was, the things he was saying to that referee, like, you're trash. You would not stop saying it. You are trash. You are trash. You are trash. I mean, you can't do that, Pat. And I, you know, I've seen him do it numerous times. We saw him do it in that last playoff game against Phoenix, where he went at Chris Paul and pushed him to the ground because he was pissed off. But anyways, we have two games left right now. As far as I'm concerned, we have, it's a two game season. We have to win one of these games. We have to win tomorrow night against Minnesota. And if we lose, we have to play the winner of the Pelicans and the Spurs. Now, my only thing is looking forward, who would I rather play? Would I rather play, uh, Memphis or would I rather play Phoenix but before we get to that let's talk about the game tomorrow Clippers Minnesota so yeah first I want to say the interesting piece about the Clippers season is that the projections at the beginning of the year for your win total over under was at 45 and a half and I said that no no that's what Vegas had it that Mm -hmm. was that was Vegas Mm -hmm. um 45 and a half. So that means, you know, on a good year, you're getting 46 and plus wins. You, you ended with 42 wins and that's without Paul George for like the majority of the season. 50 games. So you gotta, you have to mention that. And again, I do think what you said on the last podcast about Ty Lue needing to be at least mentioned for coach of the year is important because what a job. I mean, what a job he's coaching well, but also, and, and the player stepped up and did it. So now Minnesota in a one game play in, 
The game is in Minnesota. I have to assume that the crowd will be excited. They're seeing a winning season uh, and, and probably uh, one of the best collections of young talent within the NBA uh, from this Timberwolves team. And they have a whole different attitude, I think, uh, maybe similar attitude to the, to the team that Jimmy Butler was on. I think Pat Bev provides similar attitude adjustments to Jimmy Butler. Um, I have to assume that the Timberwolves are going to come out raring to go. No nerves. There shouldn't be any nerves. This should just be like, let's fucking show up. Because while they are young, outside of Anthony Edwards, the rest of the team is, you know, at least a couple years into their career. And then Carl Anthony Towns is, you know, several years into his career. So this could be a really important turning point for the franchise with this group of players, including D'Angelo Russell, who is who's missed out on a lot of postseason success in his own career. Uh, so in my expectation, I think this is going to be a very tough game for the Clippers to win. Now, we expect Paul George for this game. Do we expect Norman Powell to be on the court? I know he played a little bit, but oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Minutes restriction for, for Norm, or is it normal? Just no, ready to Norm go. Normal. He will be playing. Normal. And Norm okay. has been on fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that – I'm very excited to watch this game because it's really, it's really difficult for me to call it. Uh, I think with Paul George on the floor and the way that he's been playing – I have to assume that he's going to be the best player on the court unless Carl Anthony Towns shows up and, and dominates. And I think that is where the Timberwolves have the advantage, right? If you look at Cat versus, versus Zub or mm-hmm. Hardenstein or, or whoever, whatever the rotation piece is, I think Cat is the one with the largest opportunity here. And I think the game will go how he goes. That's exactly my, my only concern. It's funny how everybody is like, yo, it's Pat Beverly versus Paul George. no. It's not. It's not Pat Beverly versus Paul George. We love Pat Beverly and we know what Pat Beverly provides for Minnesota. The 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 thing that's scary is Carl Anthony Towns and Zub, right? And it's not even Cat. It's Nas Reed coming off the bench. These are two really right. big bodies. And Zub has been playing very well. All right. I, I will give him that. He has been playing very well. And once again, you know, momentum is a very big thing. We're six and one since Paul George has come back. We have the number one offense in the NBA. We are shooting the lights out of the ball, um, which is great. Now, Luke Kennard went, you know, he was out a couple games with a sore hammy. The hammy was hurt again last night. He, he went to the locker room, did not finish the game. I'm curious to hear, you know, how he's doing and what's going to happen with that. Cause Luke's a big part of our, of our, of our squad. But besides Kat and Nas Reed, like in the paint, I'm I'm pretty confident in our boys. I am so impressed with Norman Powell. Um, I am so impressed with uh, impressed with Rocco. The amount of wings that we have, and I'm going to steal this from my boy Brian Seaman. But we are the Lord of the Wings right now, and w- there are so many people that we could throw at um, these guys right now. And uh, if this was three, four, five, six weeks ago, talking about Minnesota, I'd be a little more scared. Minnesota has been playing the best basketball as of lately. And momentum, again, going into these things is big. Our confidence is high. Amir Coffey last night had a career high, 35 points. Again, last night was just every NBA team played last night and not one NBA team played last night, if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> because every one of these teams was just crazy. Um, I'm extremely confident in the Clippers. Now, if we if we beat Minnesota, which I, I plan on us doing, that means that we will get the seventh spot and we'll be playing Memphis, right? Now, I've been thinking about this a lot lately and 
I know everybody has Phoenix going to the finals and potentially winning the finals. A lot of people have them. I get it. I understand. I've been very high on, on Memphis as well this whole season. We all have, right? So two things. One, Memphis doesn't have the experience in the postseason really like this, okay? We got a lot of vets on our squad. Um, to go back, really, I want to make one note about uh, the Minnesota series. This is the series that I wish we had Ibaka still, okay? If we had Surge, it would have been meant a lot more. I don't mean – this is why we forgot Darius Garland, guys, because we, we jumped back and forth on the notepad. <laughs> but this is where I kind of wish we had Ibaka. Anyways, Memphis is a very hot team. Uh, they, play, they beat the shit out of us many times this year. Uh, their shooting is great. They are extremely confident. Um, but I think we could beat them in a seven-game series. Phoenix, if you remember, we played them in the Western Conference Finals last year. We did very well with no Kawhi Leonard. Uh, we didn't have a Norman Powell. We didn't have a Rocco. We kind of had the same, I guess, line. I mean, we had Pat Bev and whatnot. But I think we match up with them decently well i think we could beat either one of them guys let me just put it that way i really do <laughs> and also it's funny and i know i've been the one that's been stressing this about Kawhi, but uh ty lu and the presser last night was real candid about it they asked him hey so who's who's a who's the starting five for against minnesota and he's like you know what i just forgot He's like, I forgot. I, for, I forget who's our starting five. And he's playing these little mind games. Kawhi hasn't been on the bench the past two games. Where are you, Kawhi? Why aren't you in the locker room? Why aren't you on the bench? Are you working out? Are you, are you, are you getting some scrimmages up? Where are you at, Kawhi? Because I, I think, barring, bearing that we don't win, that we lose two games and we don't get into this, this playoffs, I still think Kawhi Leonard is playing round one of the playoffs, Drew. I really do. Well, am I be, am I dreaming? Is this a pipe dream? No, I, I definitely I thought for sure it was a pipe dream midway through the year. I did. I mean, especially with with Paul George's injury being so mysterious, like the elbow. It's like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> is he gonna? Is he coming back in a month? Is he gonna be back next year? Like that? Yeah, how do you get tennis whole... elbow playing basketball? But no, look, yeah, I definitely thought it was a pipe dream. I think now it's not. I think that. I mean from everything that we continue to hear is leading us to believe that this is at least potential for Kawhi Leonard to play uh, 20, 25 minutes a game. I, I mean, I, on the low end, on the low end, I have to assume now that if you get into round one, maybe it won't be game one, but certainly within that time frame, I expect to see him in a Jersey on the court, which is very exciting and very terrifying for both Memphis and <laughs> Phoenix. I think the, the answer of who you should want to play is quite clear. It should be Memphis. You should want to play Memphis. Jaw's still a little banged up. You know, his, his knee, we don't know how long or how severe that's going to be, how, how hampered he's going to be. Uh, that's definitely the team that you should want to play also because of the lack of experience that they have um, outside of Steven Adams. Nobody on that team has really gone very far. I mean, Kyle Anderson has a small bit part of the Spurs, I believe, made mm -hmm. it some, some, uh, some deep runs. Um, but to me, the juggernaut that you should avoid is definitely the Suns. And I think that's potentially the most impactful path forward for the Clippers if you do get Kawhi back, because then you move on to the next round and you have two teams that I think you should also feel relatively confident about. I mean, obviously, that first round will be the hardest matchup, in mm -hmm. my opinion, for whoever the Clippers face, right? You're going up against Memphis or the Suns. And so that will be a struggle. I think I, I don't I'm not going to sit here and say, do I think the Clippers can beat both the Suns and the Grizzlies 
you know, in five games. Fuck no. I think these games, I think this series will go, you know, six, seven games for sure. Either way, I would definitely put all your chips on the table against Minnesota to try and get that seven seed. Do I think you can beat the Suns? Of Yeah. If you have Kawhi and Paul George, yes, I think you could beat the Suns. Uh, but it's not a given. And the Suns are and have been really the best team since the 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 bubble, if you think about it. So yeah, that's why I would avoid them. 100%. And again, I'm just trying to also speak things into existence because I think this whole season I've been speaking Clipper things into existence and they're happening, right? I said, like, yo, if, if, if we have no shot about getting into the playoffs, I don't think Paul George is going to come back, right? And everything that happened to Norm a couple weeks ago, it's just like things aren't going to work out. And then we started getting our ass kicked a little bit. Now all of a sudden things are kind of clicking. And maybe bringing Kawhi back, even if he can't come back, maybe it's a bad idea at this point. Actually, it's never a bad idea to bring Kawhi back. Like, Jesus Christ. If, he, if this man can play, get this guy yeah. on the court. If but he's I, ready, then there's no reason to hold him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might mess up chemistry for a little bit, but I don't care. It's worth it. It's worth that for me. <clears throat> yeah, agreed. Um, so I'm with you. I'm with you on the point of I want to put everything on the table tomorrow against Minnesota. So it should be a great game. Uh, I'm looking forward to. But there are other games, Drew. So let's go through the other stuff that we have to cover. Well, so tomorrow we'll be featuring the Clippers and Minnesota, as well as the seven eight matchup in the Eastern Conference, which is where we find. The Brooklyn Nets of all teams, for a while there, they were sitting in the 10. We didn't know if they'd be somewhere in the mix for this or if they'd fall out, but they came roaring back in the last couple of games of the year and they jumped all the way up back up to the seven seed to take on the pretty banged up Cavaliers, the overachievers of the year, I think. I mean, really, it's Toronto, but no one's shocked about Toronto's presence in these playoffs. A lot of people are shocked about Cleveland's presence in these playoffs. This game, to me, is where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving show the world that, that this is that this is just a fluke. This is just injury, why they're in the seventh seed. This is where they, you know, scare the shit out of the number two seed Boston Celtics. This is this is where they have a chance to really put a stamp and and you know silence some of these doubters in this game. I think Brooklyn wins pretty substantially here off of a crazy performance from Durant. And Kyrie Irving. And the main reason I think this is going to be kind of a blowout is because Cleveland, while they are fantastic defensively, have pretty significant offensive deficiencies. And while the Brooklyn Nets can't guard anybody, I have a feeling this game is just going to be where we're they, they can really just outscore Cleveland. They don't have to worry too much about the defense. Mm-hmm. They can just put up 140 points and then Cleveland won't be able to get past 120. And I think that's kind of, you know, I don't expect the score to be 140 to 120, but I think that's kind of the the way that this works in favor of Brooklyn. Now, the flip side, if, if it doesn't go the way that I predict and Cleveland is able to, you know, hold on or even win this game, it will be because their defense is so stifling against the likes of Durant and Kyrie. I don't see that happening because we've seen it time and time again in the history of the NBA. Great offense tends to beat great defense because it has to be reactionary. And, you know, I don't care how good you are. Evan Mobley, you can't guard Durant. I don't care how good you are. Name a player on the Cavs. They're going to struggle guarding Kyrie. It's just going to be one of those things where I think unless Kyrie and Kevin Durant are just missing shots, Mm -hmm. 
I think the Nets take care of business. Yeah, and you know we we failed to mention that Jared Allen will is ruled out and he won't be playing. So their you know their defensive anchor right there won't be playing. So I think you're right, and I think I think that these two and in, in KD and Kyrie are ready to show the world like, yo, this is why we're together. This is why we're here, and we're gonna you know shut everybody up. And if you see two forty pieces from because you could off the bat these guys are getting you know sixty points right off the bat. So that's what I'm expecting. Um, and then what's the other? So if 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 Brooklyn wins, then they then what's the next step? So if Brooklyn wins, then they go on to face the Celtics in the two seven matchup, mm-hmm. and Cleveland goes on to face the winner between the Hawks and the Hornets. And so that game will happen on Wednesday. Uh, I, I expect the Hawks to win that game. To be very fair, but who knows? Really, well, there's I mean, no Hayward, fun- right? No Hayward. Correct. Hayward is not there, but he hasn't been there for a while. Mm-hmm. Again, injury problems for the man. I feel bad for him. But in a similar situation last year, the Hornets got wiped off the floor by the Pacers in the play-in game by a, a ridiculous margin. So I don't necessarily think that they're going to get wiped off the floor by Atlanta. But I do think similarly to what the way that we're talking about the Nets, I think the Hawks, at least Trey Young, still wants to prove that this season was underachieving, but it's not, it doesn't matter because they can beat this team. They can continue to forge forward and get into the play in or and get, rather get into the first round. So I expect the Hawks to win this game. Uh, but again, this one in particular, probably not a lot of defense to be quite honest with you. This one I'm actually looking forward to uh, because I think it's going to be a show. I think Trey's going to be pulling up from deep. LaMelo's going to be doing all all types of crazy shit. There's going to be lobs everywhere. Um, Atlanta doesn't have John Collins as well, just to like kind of frame it uh, while we, we know Hayward is missing. They don't have John Collins for Atlanta. But I think um, in, a, in, a, in an attempt to kind of rally the Hawks, who have been very disappointing this year, can again maybe put a stamp on this game and go, you know what, that shit is in the past. We're moving forward. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm man. going the other I, way. I'm taking I'm, the Hawks. I'm taking the Hornets, man. And aren't okay. they playing? They're playing in Charlotte, right? No, they're playing in Atlanta. They are playing in Atlanta. Either way, I'm going with the Hornets on this one. I'm not sold. I think Trey's going to have a big game, but I think it's time, man. I think Lamelo's going to going to going to show what he's worth as well. And they've worked hard this year. They've they've played their asses off this year. I, I'm going to go with the Hornets on this one. Okay, so then let's just say you know whatever happens happens. We have Cleveland against Atlanta or Cleveland against the Hornets. I have to, in my opinion, based on how poor Cleveland has been on the offensive side of the ball, I have to choose the Hawks or the Hornets to beat the Cavs. Again, it can be a defensive game if the Cavs can slow this shit down and really get very good you know, defensive stops without Jared Allen, who, who you pointed out, we don't expect him to be there at all during any of these playing mm-hmm. games. I have to assume that the Cavs will be unfortunately on the outside of this. So in my opinion, I think it's going to be Brooklyn at seven and Atlanta in eight. Okay. And then, so Atlanta plays Miami, Atlanta plays Miami, which will be a fun series. And I think Miami will win in five games. Right. And then Brooklyn plays Boston, which will be the most watched, you know, that's what, that's what we want to see. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm bummed out that it's not Philly sitting in the two seed. Right. Cause that, oh! would, be, that would be amazing. Um, and Philly's on the other side of the bracket. So they, they actually, they, they may have made uh, the perfect decision the way that they ended their season. Uh, but the Boston um, Brooklyn matchup 
has me salivating because that is a team again another like similar situation to the Cavs Robert Robert Williams time lord on the sidelines not going to be ready to play uh, but certainly the the Celtics are a very stout defensive team um, and they actually pack a pretty decent punch on the offensive end when you consider how good Tatum is playing and then when Jalen Brown is on it's fucking on and popping. And then never, nevertheless, if Marcus smart decides to pop in for 40% of his threes, there are there, they can be a juggernaut. And we've seen that for the back half of the season. Uh, so I think Brooklyn and Boston go seven. Uh, I don't, I don't want to keep going down this path because we still have to talk about the plan, the end of the plan for the West. Uh, but I think, or do you want to just keep going with the East and just go? Just all the way go. Through? Cause I'm, I just want to talk about Philly so bad. So just go. Okay. Just so keep, we're just going to keep going, going with the East. So yeah. I think, I think uh, the, the, the Brooklyn-Boston series, since we're staying at the 2-7, assuming Brooklyn takes care of business and gets in, the way that I see it unfolding is probably a six- or seven-game series win for the Boston Celtics. Over Brooklyn. Over Brooklyn. I like that. I do. I, think, I just think with home court advantage, the hatred for Kyrie will be on full oh, display. Oh, it's going to be so nice. Full display. I guess the only the I I hate picking Boston because of Kevin Durant. I I really it makes me like question myself because Kevin is so good. He's just so good at basketball. I mean, we saw him almost single handedly beat the champions last year, right? Like it's I it's just that's so clear in my head that he was by himself and he almost beat the Milwaukee Bucks alone. So I can he do that against the Celtics? You're goddamn right he can. Yeah, but there's but also just, another guy on the Celtics. The, the Jason Tatum on the Celtics has wait, been waiting for this for, for a long time, man. Yeah. Go up, go up against KD and do what he does. His season's been crazy. I agree, and that's why I'm picking the Celtics. But yeah. I, I don't, I don't enjoy it because Kevin Durant can pull anything out of that rabbit hat, if you will. Yeah, it's hard to bet against KD. I get it. That's this. That's the series that everybody's waiting for, us included. Exactly, uh, and then so going back up, assuming Atlanta is the one that takes care of business against the Miami Heat in the 1-8 matchup. Uh, if it's Atlanta, if it's Cleveland, if it's uh, Charlotte, I think Miami wins in five or six, potentially a sweep. Uh, even though they were in disarray, they still held on to that number one seed. They clearly weren't scared of going for it and holding that number one seed. Um, and I think eventually it became clear that it made sense for them to keep charging forward to maybe miss the Nets, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in that instance as well. Uh, but I have to I have to think Miami taking care of business relatively easily in the first round, regardless of who they see, unless it happens to be Brooklyn. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that. OK, so now three six ends up being Milwaukee at the three and Chicago at the six. And this is secretly what I was hoping for for this matchup. And I've had a note in in my little phone where I keep my notes, random thoughts that that Drew has over the course of the season. And one of those notes happened to be a game in which I watched the Chicago Bulls play in Milwaukee against the Bucks, And guess what that crowd was like, Clips? It was full of fucking Bulls fans. Because it's close. It's super close. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of transplants from Chicago and Milwaukee and vice versa. I think this is going to be a very, very intriguing series. Uh, I'm definitely picking the Bucks. I I actually think the Bucks are my favorite team to win the East – I'm going to pick Milwaukee, but I think Chicago, while they have been kind of drowning in the last couple months due to injury and just poor, poor play in general, uh, I think it's going to get more interesting than people would assume based on the form of these two teams. Uh, 
because of that fan interaction. Like Chicago's going to have home games and then they're going to have a significant presence in Milwaukee. And I, we'll see how much that actually comes into play. Uh, plus, DeMar DeRozan is special and nobody can guard his mid-range. So if, if it comes down to Chicago being close and needing a bucket, I feel confident that DeRozan can deliver. Yeah, I agree that DeRozan will deliver and Levine's been nice, but without Lonzo, Lonzo shut down for the year. It's huge for their def- for on the defensive end. Um, and I agree with you, like fans being in both places. But man, you remember Deer Country last year? Like, I, I, I guarantee you in Milwaukee, they are going to be lit. There will be Chicago Bulls fans. That's how it is in the, pretty much every one of the, you know, there's going to be fans from different teams on both sides. It'll be a great series, uh, but I, I'm definitely taking Milwaukee on this. I think losing Lonzo Ball is one of the guys that you need. Uh, you saw how bad they got once he went got injured, right? And I'm not saying that they got bad, but they got significant, significantly worse, uh, without Lonzo. And then you got AO in there playing his position. And uh, I just don't, I think Lonzo is a guy that you need in the playoffs. Um, so I think it'll be a great series. I don't think Vooch can, can hang with, with, with Giannis, but who can, right? And who, who's their backup? Don't they have a backup that's got to come into? Patrick uh, well, Williams. So they, have Tony, right? they have Tony Bradley and they have Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Bulls got those guys as their backup centers. Uh, Patrick Williams will be probably the guy that they start against Giannis because Mm. he's back now, which was great. Congratulations to Patrick Williams for getting back on the court. They still have Caruso as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, that's why I'm saying, I think this, this series might actually get a little bit more interesting than just surface value. Cause I think most people look at that and they go bucks, you know, I'm just going to take the bucks, which is not true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a safe bet, but I just think it it actually probably could get a little bit more deeper into the series than, than bucks and bucks fans would want. Yeah, and I think them being so close logistically will make it more interesting too. Yep, I'm with you on Definitely. that. Let's go West Coast. Uh, no, we got you're, we got to talk oh. Philly. This is oh, I forgot about Philly. For. I forgot about my guys. In the four or five, we find the Philadelphia 76ers with the home court advantage against the surprise for me, the Toronto Raptors, who are in the five seed. I I had them missing the playoffs this year based on the the level of talent that the their roster had, but damn, they're a well-oiled machine up there in Toronto in the six. Uh, we got a pretty favorable matchup here though, for Philly, right? Like Toronto is good. They know their guys, they know their system, but they don't have an answer for Joel Embiid. Uh, I think they will also struggle to guard James Harden. Um, I, I definitely going to take Philly in the series. Uh, this one to me really depends on James Harden's level of play. That's all that matters, Drew. Yes. That's all that matters. Because we 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 pretty much know what Joel's gonna do, right? He's probably gonna get 30 and 15. Um, and he and he may go for more than that because that is a weak spot for Toronto is their is their defensive bigs. Um, but if Harden is turning the ball over, missing open shots, not playing defense, then Toronto could definitely bite them in the ass and then lead them to an early exit. I am gonna assume that James Harden knows how much this means to him and his legacy. And I'm going to assume that he's going to try harder than we've seen out of him in, in previous years. Uh, and I'm going to take Philly pretty comfortably in, in five, maybe six games. This is my dark horse, man. And I don't know if it's because I want to see, I love Joel. I love Joel. I really do. But I want to see them lose in the first round. I really do. And I think Toronto's going to bring it. Man, these guys are vets. They've been here before. And so has Joel and, and Harden and these cats. But then you're, you didn't even bring up like Thibault can't even play in Toronto, can't even go yep. to Toronto. 
and he is their defensive anchor along with with Joel. I just think that the way Scotty Barnes has been playing, the way Fred, the Pascal Siakam, we both had him on our. Did we? Did you have him on your All NBA team? On I your did. third, you did. We both had him on All NBA third team. Um, they were a surprise all year. They their their fans are absolutely fucking insane in in Toronto, and I think if anybody can beat. I think Philly does not want to did not want to see Toronto first round. They could have been they could have had a much better matchup in in any one of the, any other one of those teams. Like if Philly could have seen Chicago, I'm taking Philly. Okay, yeah. Um, but seeing Toronto, I think this one's going to be really really interesting. And like you said, it all comes down to Harden, man. And if history repeats itself, we know what we're going to get. If you look at this guy's numbers, even his last five, six, seven games, they're not good. They are not good. And you hit it on the head. Legacy. If there is a first round exit this year from the 76ers, there is no more talk about like, yo, this is the top five shooting guard of all time. This is one of the top scorers of all time. No, dude, none of that shit's going to matter. Right. And then I'll feel horrible for Embiid because we have this time. He's got this time window, man, (laughs) that is so small. So small. This is their one opportunity to win an NBA championship. And it all depends on, on James Harden. It all does. We know what we're going to get from Joel Embiid. We know that he, he, he's the, the scoring champion this year. First big man since, since Shaq. What a fucking feat, man, to do that, right? Everything we've asked of Joel Embiid, you know, can you play 60 games? Can you, can you get the diet down and focus? And, like, he's done everything. He's improved his game tremendously. But if Philly gets knocked out in the first round, there needs to be some serious, serious James Harden talk. Yeah, and I don't think they will. I, I, if there's one thing about James Harden, he knows how to get to the first round. Uh, you know, it, it's really <laughs> you know, West Coast, it's the conference finals that he struggles the most with. Uh, but uh, it's impossible to know, <laughs> based on his inconsistency, what we're going to see during an entire series, I mean, even so who guards night. James? Who guards James? Pascal guards James. That's a problem. Um, talk about Lord of the Wings. These guys got plenty of dudes. So you put Scotty on him. To me, I almost, I mean, I almost because of the way that that Philly likes to operate, I would almost put like Van Vliet. I would almost put somebody smaller and get into James. Make him try and turn that ball over when he's dribbling, when he's kind of carefree. We know right now, at least in this year in particular, he is not finishing. James Harden is not finishing at the rim at the rate that we all expect. He's missing a lot of layups. So I would, if I'm if I'm Toronto, I would leave Pascal as a helper to to help out with Embiid, and I would uh, and to to help out with some additional rim protection because they will need bodies in front. Like James Harden's not going to miss a wide open layup. I mean, maybe he will, but uh, most likely it's it's the contested piece. So I would get Van Vliet um, or Tr- Gary, you know, Gary Trent Jr. One one of those guys that can just feel confident about getting into James Harden and making him drive, um, and and making him put up a tough step back, which he is not hitting at the rate that he normally does over the last couple of years. Um, I, that's how I would attack it, and I would leave Pascal Pascal to help and be the defensive, you know problem creator that he is but I just think I think it could be interesting like Van Vliet's good at getting steals you know just like really harassing James Harden and bothering him uh, even with small chores just like bringing the ball up and I think that could 
lead to Philly not being able to get into their flow and their offensive sets the way that they like. Uh, but that's going to be all part of the fun chess match that we have with, uh, with Doc and Nick Nurse going back and forth because we know Nick Nurse, one of the best coaches in the NBA, uh, really good at making adjustments and making tweaks. And so I know that this series will be fun to watch because of those two aspects. You have a very good head coach with a hell of a team that's overachieved in Toronto. And you have literally a team that is significantly more talented and, and a, a significant increase in pay and in, in salary as well on Philly. If you look at their salaries, it's, it's ridiculous how much more money is going to the players in Philly. Um, but I, I, I still think I'm the way, and the way I've called it is the way that it, it's going to go, but who knows, man, James Harden, I, I wouldn't make a bet on it. <laughs> Yeah, I think the fun thing is for for people that only get to see like Scotty Barnes and highlights, though, watch this guy play. Just watch him on the defensive end. This dude's motor is crazy. Gets his hands in everything. I love the way this kid plays. And I think he's just going to be annoying to to the players on on Philly, whether it be Toby. And you know what? Let's not just give Toby a pass either. Toby needs to show up as well. Like, I know all, all the focus is on James Harden and how he performs, but you're like, yo, you're getting 30 mil too, dog. And I'm a big Toby fan. You need to show up in these in these playoffs as well. But we're going to be able to see Scotty play, and this dude's fun. It, it, jumper's not fun to look at just now, but watching him on the, on the defensive end is something to watch. So pay attention. That is my dark horse. I'm calling Toronto's taking Philly out in the first round. I like that. I like that. It's a bold call. Uh, so that does wrap it up for round one in the East. It's time to go back to the West. West side. So I'm, man, it's really difficult. I'm just going to pencil in uh, Minnesota. Why would you I do know, that on the follow through with Clips and Drew? They're at home, man. And I think this oh, is a moment. I think this is a moment traitor, for them. Judas. I, no, they're at home. I think this is a moment for them to like really like, Make make something of this, man. I, I do. I think that I think they're ready to capitalize on this. Are they? I, I if they're not ready, are they? Now, you believe in D'Angelo Russell? No, you that's the last him? one. That that would be the last one on the list that I believe in. Anthony Edwards has never been there before. Yeah, he's dope. He's good. The guy's the one game. Of the future. It's it's one game. So I, as much as I think you're ta- mm. you're probably right. The Clippers, if they play their normal game, I you know and and Paul no, George- stick to your guns, Drew. You want Minnesota? No. Pencil them in. That's what I'm. That's what I said okay. to you in the beginning. I'm not changing mm. on that. I, I Clippers can definitely win the game. Mm. It's one game. I'm just gonna go with Minnesota. Okay. Uh, but Traitor. Either way, the two teams that I think will make it into the first round are Minnesota and the Clippers. I don't think there's gonna be an upset, regardless of who wins the first matchup uh, of the Pelicans or San Antonio over the loser of the Clippers and, and Minnesota. You know what's there crazy though? Chance, there is a chance in my head though that. If this, if the Minnesota Timberwolves lose to the Clippers and then they go to face the Pelicans, that that game could be very interesting. Uh, and, and in that sense, a, another coin flip uh, as to who could win, because I think the Pelicans are, are pretty, pretty decent little team right now. And they're not the easiest ones to brush off. So I do have the Pelicans beating San Antonio in their first game and then advancing to play the loser of Minnesota Clippers. If you um, if you remember the Pelicans owned us this season too. Yeah. The Pelicans, they and, really did. Minus and, minus Paul George, but and they have the the new and improved Grand Theft Alvarado, uh yep. little man. Gotta love him. 
but fantastic story for Alvarado and one of the better nicknames in the NBA. Grand Theft Alvarado. It's yeah, awesome. it's one of the one of the best. Um, so anyway, I'll just go. I, I've, I've made I've said my piece about potentially the you know the mm-hmm. Timberwolves winning, but let's just go with how we how you think it's going to end up. And so we'll have a first round matchup between Memphis and the Clippers. Talk to me about what you think the results are going to be. I, you're, you're probably going to pick the Clippers. I'm assuming I have to pick the Clippers based on, cause I'm clips, dude, I have to <laughs> say, it. but I'm also very vocal about being a realist, right? Ja, ja Morant. We cannot, I don't know who guards Ja. Reggie can't guard Ja. Luke can't guard Ja. Nobody can guard Ja. The issue with Memphis is their shooting, right? When Desmond is on fire, it's, it's a problem. Jaron Jackson has been phenomenal this year. He's, he can stretch the floor. Yet another big man that's going to draw Zub out and give him problems. So I think this is going to come down to coaching and figuring out, like, if, if we get Memphis the, in, in uh, round one and we're at the grindhouse game one, I think we get our ass kicked, right? And I think it's going to be adjustments, figuring out how the hell we need to play. Chess, not checkers. That's how Ty does it. Um, and then again, it, it, we're doing, I'm going forward thinking we don't have Kawhi, right? Okay. So can we beat, can we beat Men- uh, Memphis? Yes, it will be extremely difficult. And I think it's going to come down to coaching more than it is with the playing, man. We got to figure this out. And I think Zoo has gotten better um, with, you know, after watching him against Donovan and Luca last year in the playoffs, it was, you know, most of these teams were doing the same thing with drawing him out and trying to take him away from the basket. I think we need to get better on that. I think we really need to figure that out. But I think with the, our Lord of the Wings, I think the Covington piece is going to be huge for us. I, uh, I don't like to put all my money on Covington, but he's been great, great for us and has, has, can shoot the three really well, but defensively is where it's at. I'm going yes. to take the Clippers because that's what I have to do. Um, yeah. But most people will probably take Memphis. If Kawhi is on the court already 100%, and I think you'll see a huge shift in, in people picking the Clippers in this series. If it's Clippers, Grizzlies, and you got everybody, mm-hmm. I, it's going to be a out. very difficult task for Memphis to beat the Clippers. It is. It's just the bottom line. It's going to be very, very hard. Uh, assuming like you did, Kawhi is not on the court, mm-hmm. I, the advantage is in Memphis's court here. I think that I think that's the, the truth. And I think it could go like full seven. And I think you're right. I think the coaching will be very important. And to that point, I think this is a great series for the Clippers to go small ball and try to play Steven Adams off the court. Uh, I think that's your best method of attack against this Memphis Grizzlies team because he is so crucial to finishing defensive possessions with a rebound and to initiating offenses with screens and, and ball movement and his passing ability. I think if you can get him off the court and then they have to go small to Brandon Clark or, you know, Kyle Anderson or somebody else that they want to throw in uh, Xavier Tillman, whatever, whatever version of Steven Adams is not on the court, I think is a lineup that you can take advantage of. And so I do expect Ty Lue to kind of poke and prod at that to see what he can do to get Steven Adams off the court, as opposed to leaving Zubat or Hardenstein out there uh, to just, you know, kind of disrupt as much as they can and to provide a, a scoring threat. I think the other thing about Steven Adams is he's one of the best post-defensive players in the entire NBA. And I think if Zubak's going to go for his nice little over-the-left-shoulder jump hook, I don't think it's going to be very easy for him to get that off against the likes of Steven Adams. So the less Zubak I can see on the floor, the better it is for the Clippers, because that means you're going small, and I think you're attacking a weak point for the Grizzlies. Yeah, I think Hardenst- Hardenstein's passing is much better 
than Zub, right? Yeah. And off the ball moves way more with Hart in there. But I think you're right. I'm with that. I, a small ball, it could work. But I'm taking the Clippers. I like it. I'm, I, I will be taking the Grizzlies unless Kawhi is on the court, in which case, let's go Clips. Let's just keep saying it, Drew, because we're speaking it in. That's right. Speak, manifest That's right. this shit. So assuming things go to plan uh, in my head and we see – no, I, in your head, rather. In your head, not in my mm-hmm. head. If anything's go to plan in your head, we'll see the Clippers in the seven. We'll see Minnesota in the eight. Do you agree that that Minnesota should be the one that gets out between, like, the Pelicans and the, and the Spurs? You, and ho- the hopefully, or it would be a great disappointment, right? Like, yeah. I think you can write off the Pelicans or San Antonio not making it to, to the eighth spot, right? Um, but you can't for Minnesota. They've, they've had such a good year. I, and I want to see uh cat get something. He's worked his ass off this year, turned in, you know, he, he went through a lot of shit, man. A lot of stuff that would have broke a, a very strong man would have broken me for sure. Um, and I, 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 I like Anthony Edwards. I want to see Pat Bev. Right. But yeah. I want to beat him first. I want to beat him first. And then, sure. you know, it'd be nice to see Minnesota get something, man, because they do. They have like the, one of the best young cores in the NBA. We yeah. just want it to work, right? Exactly. And so I think, unfortunately for them, it working well means they get the Suns Phoenix, in the right. first round. And, and then they'll get their ass be, kicked. <laughs> that's going to be real tough. That's going to be really, really tough. Um, I think that's, uh, that's really Booker. Uh, that's, that's Booker and CP time against the T-Wolves and against the Pelicans, just to throw it out there. Uh, I think, interestingly enough, I think the Pelicans might match up better against the Suns Mm. than the T-Wolves do. Um, But I just think in this particular series, as exciting as the T-Wolves have been, there's a chance that they get swept in this this first round um, against Phoenix. That all will have to do with health. And we know that that's that's the big decider in all of these series. But if if Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Bridges, Aiton, and Crowder are all on the court and everyone else is good, uh, Suns take this in four or five, regardless of who they play. I just want to see Pat Bev and CP go seven games because that's they exactly what I want other. too. Yes, I <laughs> want. I I definitely want that. I want that for sure as well. And I don't know. Here's the thing, though. I don't know who would you rather put D'Lo on. Do you want D'Lo on CP or do you want D'Lo on Booker? And that's the problem I think that all Minnesota fans might have in the back of their head. And I, to me, I would put him on CP and make CP try and go for 30. And I would, I would have, I would have uh Pat Bev get ejected in the third uh, punching Devin Booker. That, that's how I would do it. Oh, either way, Pat Bev in the playoffs is a different dude, man. I want to see him just not against us. I don't want him hurting Paul George, bro. All right, so we both have Phoenix coming out of that round matchup. Yes. Should be fun, maybe yes. for one game. Maybe one game it'll be fun, but the rest should be a wrap. Uh, then we go down to the 3-6. This is where we find the Golden State Warriors. Um, Clay Thompson on a fucking heater to mm-hmm. end the regular season. Congratulations, Clay. Um, we don't know about Steph Curry. I don't, I don't even think he stepped foot on the court yet, so we assume he'll be probably at least a little hampered. He's not going to be 100%. Yeah, not going to be 100%. And without Steph Curry, you're not winning anything. Yeah, I mean... I don't see it happening. Well, actually, you know what? Let me back. It's Denver, so that's the thing. It's like, because it's Denver, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this could be uh, the series of of dichotomy. You have the the powerful potential MVP center in Jokic, and then you have the the small but mighty 
uh, Steph Curry, former MVP. Uh, and that could be really fun to watch, really just two different versions of what a point guard is in today's NBA. One is very traditional. It's polar opposites. Polar yeah, opposites. One six foot three and, and looks like a point guard. The other one is doesn't even look like a basketball player uh, outside of the fact that he's the size of Andre the Giant. Um, and so I think that could be a lot of fun. But when you look at it, if Steph Curry at, is able to play in every game um, and is able to kind of grit through the ankle or, you know, whatever else might be bothering him, I do think the advantage has to go to the Golden State Warriors, despite how poorly they've been playing. But this one will be mostly intriguing because, as I mentioned, it's it's Steph and it's Jokic, and neither of neither team has any answer for either one or the might. other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and the biggest problem that we've been talking about the Warriors the entire season, outside of health and Draymond being out, and then Clay coming back and Steph being out and all that good stuff, is we don't have a big man. And as we discussed already on this podcast, James Wiseman is not going to be available for this. So we have <laughs> Otto Porter, Nemanja Belitsa. We got uh, Kaminga, and those are the, those are the body. And Kevon Looney, how could I forget our guy, Kevon Looney? Um, and those are the guys that are going to have to take the brute force of Jokic's um, trauma. <laughs> yeah, use all six fouls, man. Yes, That's what every should, one of them should be fouling out of most games. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, like the way that it should go, and, and it, it's not necessarily to the advantage of fouling, other than preventing easy and ones and easy dunks and turning them into free throws that Jokic might miss, even though he's like an eighty-five percent free throw shooter. Um, and then, of course, on the flip side, if Steph is good, um, if Clay is good. If Jordan Poole is good, Denver does not have defensive juggernauts. They have Will Barton, who's good. They got Monty Morris, who's fine. And they got Composo, who's, who's good for a really hard foul every game. Uh, but they, won't, they will have trouble defending. So this one, to me, is fun because I, I, it's going to be another high-scoring series, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to take the Warriors because as good as Jokic is, the, the rest of those guys in the Warriors are just a little bit better than what Denver was hoping to have in their reserves at this point. There's apparently Murray had a setback. MPJ had a setback. We don't expect to see either of them. There was trends towards having them there, in which case it would have been a much better fucking series and I wouldn't have known who to call. <laughs> but neither of those guys uh, look like they're going to be ready for this matchup. I'm going to take the Warriors in six. Yeah. I th- oh, six. I like that. I think this comes down to, you know, the standard – I'd rather have Joker get 55 every night and have the rest of the guys shoot poorly, right? Because we know Joker's going to get his numbers. Um, if he, I think the strategy would try to keep him as far away from the rim as possible, but it's really difficult because how strong he is and how he can get to the rack. Yeah. Uh, just with two dribbles and one spin move, he's already at the rack. Um, but yeah, I think if if the Warriors can just continue to shoot the ball the way that they can shoot the ball, with or without Steph, I mean – Obviously, you want Steph to be playing, and I think it'd be much easier to win the series with Steph playing. But the way Jordan Poole's been playing, uh, Clay's been on a tear. We're seeing Kuminga, who's just fuck, man. What a what a what a dude to watch. Athlete, that guy's just a <laughs> right. rocket ship, just a full on rocket ship. Everything that Rick the Dick Barry told me earlier this year about Kuminga, you remember that conversation I yeah. had? Or did fucking Kuminga play? Did he play fucking Kuminga? No, he didn't play him, Rick. I ah, doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Um, I, I'm going to go with the Warriors on this too, which is, you know, you, nobody wants to see the MVP go down in the first round, but like the Clippers and like every other team in the NBA that's had 
adversity with players being out. If Jamal Murray and MPJ were 100% this whole year, same thing with the Warriors. If, if Draymond was 100% and Clay was 100% all year, it'd be a different story. So I, I don't want to keep bringing that up, but, you know, they, they would be in a different position. And I think if you have Murray and MPJ, you're, you're thinking Denver in this series. That's what, that's what I would say. Well, I think I, the way that I look at it is like, I still think the Warriors have a chance to win this without Steph. Mm-hmm. With Steph on the court, I think they win the series. With, mm-hmm. Without Steph, I still think they have a chance. Right. I think that kind of frames the series well. right? Like Denver, Jokic will have to do his thing, and two or three guys each night will have to step up and provide scoring and leadership and defensive pressure and rebounds. Mm-hmm. and Because Jokic just can't do it by himself. And I think the point you made was very valid. Make Jokic score 60 points. Mm -hmm. Don't let him have 15 assists. Do that. And then most likely you'll probably win the game. Don't you think that's every coach's game plan though? And then the guy just goes out and does it anyways and wins ball games. Like it's crazy. Right. We say that it's easy to say. Right. And then Jokic has 60 points and 17 assists. It's It's like, okay. It's easy for Clips and Drew sitting behind a microphone to tell people how to guard Nikola Jokic, right? Like this is what you should do. Right. No, but I think I think where he's at his danger at his most dangerous is when you send the lazy double because mm-hmm. his passing is so good and so spot on that it can get the rest of the team going. Like if you get Will Barton in the corner, that's cash. Mm-hmm. You get Uncle Jeff in the wing, he can make that three. Um, you let Aaron Gordon shoot as much as you like, but that's the thing. Like, let, get the ball. <laughs> if if you're gonna have Jokic have the ball, okay, fine. But if you're gonna like leave somebody bring a hard double and leave Aaron Gordon. And then maybe, maybe something good will happen and, or, or he'll get a massive dunk on top of everybody's. One thing I can guarantee is that uncle Jeff green will have one posterized dunk in the playoffs. Cause that's what he's known for every, every playoffs, year. He will get one guys. Just mark every my year. words. Yep. Is Don't be prize? that guy. Is there a Whoever bet it is on this? the warriors? Don't be the guy that jumps with uncle Jeff. <laughs> um, last one before we get the hell out of here. Uh-huh. Potentially the most intriguing matchup in the Western Conference, Dallas against Utah. Uh, and I mean intriguing simply from X's and O's. I don't. I think this is probably the series that will get the least amount of ratings out of all the series we just talked well, about. Well, if Luka's so, not playing, why would, you, uh, why would we even watch? Yeah, so this is the big news. Luka Doncic goes down with a mid-calf strain. Uh, always a pretty uh, tough spot of the body for you to get injured, especially going into the playoffs. Um, he got injured, what was it, last night and the night before, and we don't really know anything about whether or not he's going to be available or available midway through the series or out entirely. Do we know? What's the update? From well, I have a little have? news. I mean, I saw a paparazzi picture today, which was actually done by just some random person um, who saw Luca walking into the hospital with a walking boot on and grimacing. So he was obviously wow. going to the hospital to get checked on. To me... This looks like, and I'm not a doctor, but if you're in a walking boot and grimacing while you're walking into the hospital, that looks like you're not playing in game one, at least. And yeah. with with uh, franchise tag on Luca, I don't know if you risk any of this. Like, I don't think you have a chance to win a championship this year. Uh, if if he has, if there's any probability of this guy breaking anything in his foot trying to play in this series. Um, I would shut it down, man. And I just don't think it looks good. And again, maybe he went in for an MRI to get looked at and said, May, you know, uh, there's no structural damage, but you need uh, 12 days rest, 14 days rest. Um, 
Could could the Dallas Mavericks spread this series out a little bit? I, I don't know, man. If you don't have Luca on the court, I don't know where you're getting the buckets from or how you're even generating buckets. Right. Well, I suppose the, the good news for Dallas is that he has missed time uh, over the course of the season here and there. Nothing you know, super lengthy, but he has been in and out of the lineup over the course of the season. And Jalen Brunson has taken on that load very well when he's been out and scoring a lot, but they were about 500 to your point without Luka Doncic. And that doesn't cut it in the first round of the playoffs. Got to be a little bit better than that. The good news for them is that they do have home court advantage. Uh, And the good news also is that uh, Utah is, is not, they don't look nearly as sharp as they did last year or the year before. Uh, and it seems as though a lot of the news is continuing to surround the lack of, you know, kindred spirits between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, highlighted by the fact that there was a stat thrown out there that Donovan Mitchell only throws the ball, only passes the ball to Rudy Gobert a little over two times a game, which is down wow. significantly over the course of the years that they've played together. Two times? Drew? Unbelievable. I didn't, I didn't see this. 2.2 passes per game from Donovan Mitchell to Rudy Gobert. Oh, that's that's just that's trash. That is trash. And just for context, like last year it was like 4.5. The year before that it was like 5.7. The year oh, before that it petty. was 6.7. They're getting petty in Utah now, huh? So oh. there 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 seems to be a, a way past this first series, you know, with Luka being hampered if Utah just kind of collapses in on itself. Which is, again, that's part of why I think this series is intriguing, because if Utah, you know, kind of bows out again in the first, even maybe even the second round, I think there's a chance that Quinn Snyder's out of there. I think there's a chance that Donovan Mitchell's out of there or Rudy Gobert is out of there. I think this is like on the precipice of some franchise altering shit for Utah. Um, And because of that, potentially you know, maybe Utah is just done. Maybe, maybe Donovan doesn't want to dive for that loose ball when it's happening or doesn't want to throw the lob to Rudy for a two. And then, you know, he gets fouled or whatever, you know, whatever instance that you can come up with in your head, there's a chance that, that it just doesn't fall right for Utah. But I will say this, if Luca is not present in the series, Utah has to win the series uh, without, without a question, sweep. without a doubt. Yeah. They have sweep. to take care of business. Um, if Luca's on the floor, and is good to go. I'm taking Dallas. Without him, I think Utah in five. Uh, so what is – okay, so say Luka doesn't – first of all, who's the answer for Gobert? Like, who on Dallas is going to guard Gobert? Are you playing Bobby? Like, is Dwight Bobby – Powell. Yeah, get Bobby. Bobby, Dwight Powell. Uh, they got. They have some bodies. They have some bodies to throw at Gobert. But the, the fun part about Gobert is that you don't need to worry about defending Gobert. You don't have to worry about defending that fucking guy. Just box out. Just box out. He's not going to do anything. He'll have he'll have his 14 points and 14 rebounds, but you need the key for not letting uh, Bogdanovich and Conley get easy threes. That's just the, that's the, the easy bread and butter. No easy threes for Conley. No easy threes for Bogdanovich. Then you should be okay. Well, how about this, man? If Utah loses first round with or without Luka, you blow it up. You have to blow it up. Like – I think Quinn Snyder's gone anyways. I think Donovan Mitchell's over it, right? I think I think he wants out of there. I think you and I had this conversation. I don't know if it was on the podcast or if it was in side chats, but like if I'm Utah, I'm trying to keep Donovan Mitchell there. I want Donovan yeah. Mitchell. If we can get anything for Rudy, I think you can get a lot for Rudy actually right now. Um, but if you lose first round, no matter what, uh, blow it up and then kind of the same thing for Luca though too this is third year in a row we're going to be in the first round you're going to you if you get knocked down the first round you need to really re- reevaluate and figure out 
the right pieces that we need to, to surround this guy with. Right. And yeah. he does get hurt. He does. I mean, the guy does get hurt. He gets hurt. <laughs> he does get hurt. And uh, I mean, unfortunately for Luca, this is just really poor timing. And, and you know, this could be a, a very easy way for the Dallas to have a, yet again another first round exit here. I mean, this really could. Uh, the good news is that they do have Brunson and Dinwiddie like ready to go. Like they, they you know, they did a better job of having backup for Luca this year. And getting rid of Porzingis was a huge part of that. Uh, so I do think Dallas, while uh, you know they may lose this series if Luke is not on the court, they're already in transition. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they, seem, they seem like they're in the middle of finding the next thing. Um, and potentially that thing could be Rudy Gobert. The biggest news about Rudy is that Mark Cuban wants his ass to play with Luca. Uh, and so there's a chance that, that who, who, however this ends, that we could be seeing that pairing together. See, I like um, that. I like that a lot for Luca in Dallas. That works for me. But then what is, what is Dallas giving up? Well, I think for Dallas, um, it really depends on what Utah wants. Like, does Utah want draft picks? Because they should value draft picks as a small market team because the best way for you to get a great talent on your team is not free agency, it's draft. So potentially they could, you know, offer them some draft picks to make them excited and plus package, you know, player X, Y, and Z. Uh, you know, Dwight Powell, whatever. You know, however they wanted to throw the money out, they, they do have some options as far as that's concerned. But as it stands now, I'm assuming Luke is not going to play, and I'm going to take the Utah Jazz in mm-hmm. five games. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how it how I think it's going to pan out. If Luke is there, then it changes immensely, and who the fuck knows? Yeah, I'm with that. I, I'm sure we'll know more by tomorrow regarding that injury. But once again, walking boot into a hospital doesn't sound like a like a game one starter to me. No, that certainly does not. It certainly right? does not. Yeah, and, and you know, I've I had major knee problems this past like six months i got a steroid shot in my knee last week changed my whole life like i feel like i can do cartwheels backflips i feel great so who knows what dallas Mavericks staff could give this guy to play but again you don't want to risk it at all you know so right no yeah if it's anything that's like significant like if you're talking you know you need surgery or you're talking this potentially potentially lead to needing surgery then he's sitting and we're gonna reload for now. You know the wild thing is though, like Norman Powell had a broken had a broken bone in his foot, and me, you and I on the last podcast, I was saying like he will be playing first round of the playoffs. He played the following day after our podcast, Drew. Like, this is insane. I don't understand that guy. The healing powers that he has. The funniest thing is that Norman Powell broke his foot, recovered, and started playing again before Ben Simmons even set a fucking foot on the Three. goddamn court. <laughs> For the Brooklyn Nets, how was that possible? He broke his foot, recovered, and is playing. And Ben Simmons still hasn't seen that. If Kawhi Leonard comes back before Ben Simmons, we really need to reevaluate this shit, bro. You're so <laughs> true, Drew. There is no way. What the hell is going on? Hey, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, man, I'm exhausted after running through those playoffs. Uh, my final thoughts. Let me see. What do I have? What do I have? Yes. Give it to me, Drew. I do have some final thoughts. So, Clips, you know, I, I love March Madness, and March Madness is great, But it, and, and part of the reason I love it so much is because it leads so nicely into... Is this a soccer plug? Is this a soccer plug? No. Oh, okay. It leads so nicely into the Masters. Oh, yeah. The golf tournament that is my favorite golf tournament. I think most fans love the Masters the most. We got to see Tiger Woods play, mm. Clips. 
And I feel like Ben Simmons might be missing more time than Tiger Woods, who almost had to have his fucking foot amputated. Uh, but watching Tiger Woods walk the course and play the course was fucking unbelievable. So it's not a big note. Shout out to goddamn Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Shout, out to, shout out to Scotty Scheffler, who won it. Uh, guy played impeccably throughout the entire tournament. Big shout out to that young, amazing golfer. Didn't they, isn't there but, something with the high school that they went, they went to? Like, uh, who yeah, he went to the th- same high school as Clayton Kershaw and Matt Stafford. Right. He's Crazy. a lot younger than those guys. He's a lot younger than those guys. It's, it's out of Dallas. I believe it's out of Plano, uh, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, just north of Dallas. Um, but yes, he is tied to the Kershaw and Stafford, even though they never went to school together. I mean, Scotty's he's like 25 or something like that. I don't yeah, but think still, there's something in the water out there. No, there is. Yeah. And I know Deandre Jordan, I'm pretty sure came out of that same region. Like the Dallas, you know, it's a big city. They got a lot of talent uh, all over the place. Uh, but that was that's my final thought, dude. Watching Tiger play again was was pretty unbelievable. And he didn't have the greatest was he you know, 12 last, over or something last couple of days. Yeah, man. But mm-hmm. you could see he was just fucking physically grunting it out towards the end, man. Um, and the like the fucking willpower that is within Tiger Woods is awesome. I can't wait to see him play with his son on the on the tour. Who's a we ringer? A too. About, He's a little ringer. We talk a lot about LeBron playing with his son. Mm hmm. We're going to see Tiger and Charlie Woods tee it up at the tournament together at some point. That's what's up. Um, my final thought is more of a question, Drew. And I've been battling this now that we are in the playoffs. So, so this can go one of two ways for me, Drew. Okay. We are either going to, on our next show, I'm going to do the standard. This is our fifth year doing our podcast. I'm either going to do the standard clips cry because the Clippers blew two games and now we're out of the playoffs. It's either going to be that because we, we, we have done that a lot, right? Oh yeah. That does happen. Seems to happen every season for me. We're either (laughs) going to be having that podcast or the question is we might be in round one. The Clippers might be playing round one of the playoffs during your wedding. Okay. Your wedding is April 23rd. All right. And yes, it is it on is. a it's on it is on a Saturday evening. Yes, it is. And my question to you, you knowing Uh-oh. me, your bride knowing me, okay. Yeah. Say the games at 5 p.m. All right. Yeah. Will you be offended if I'm watching the game on my phone low in the back row on mute? During the ceremony, mm-hmm. that's a no-go. Are you sure you won't you won't be able to know? The ceremony is only 15, 15, 20 minutes. Okay. So give me some rules here that I'm that, cause you know, me drew, this is the yeah. playoffs. Okay. So tell me, tell me what the rules are going to be. I, after the ceremony is over, when, when we're walking to, uh, well, Casey and I'll be going to take fucking pictures and shit mm-hmm. and, and you'll be going to the bar. Mm-hmm. Everyone else will be going for cocktail hour and appetizers mm-hmm. wide open. Okay. Bring bring an iPad, bro. I, I could give a shit, but but during the ceremony, mm-hmm. uh, you're you know that would that would be that would be very nice if you could avoid. So it'd be disrespectful, is what you're saying. And, nope. and, and the thing I think I'm making sure to say here is it, it's not a long ceremony. We're not doing okay. some long religious thing. It's not going to be. It, it's it's short and sweet. I do I do yeah. clips. Go watch the game. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, best case scenario, there is no game on Saturday and we're playing on Sunday and I can watch it on the train when I'm going home. But I just wanted to ask, you know know me, dude, 
Yeah, it's, it's going <laughs> no, to be I difficult. Do. You know, it's funny, Cliffs is like, you know, one of the things that we did talk a lot about in selecting this date was like sporting events. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we wanted to get married during this time. And I was like, this this weekend in particular, like there's no Masters. You know, I'm not keeping people away from the March Madness. Lakers or, aren't playing. You know, <laughs> fucking A, Lakers aren't involved. But even still, I was like, it will only be round one. Mm-hmm. of the playoffs so it's not we're again we're not encroaching on you know conference finals we're not encroaching on the finals i figured this weekend would be all clear because just like you i'm excited to watch the playoffs i don't want to miss a playoff game mm. even if it is the clippers or if it is the fucking hawks and whoever else i'm i'm excited for all these playoff games so uh needless to say if there is a game after the pictures i'm gonna slide by wherever you're at and i'm gonna okay. take a peek watch a couple minutes before i have to go do the horror or some shit we, well yeah oh yeah you will be doing that won't you yeah you'll be needed because i, I have to raise you I, oh my god not just you but we need like 12 of y'all because <laughs> you know i'm a big i'm a big old dude shit i forgot about that drew hey yeah. another question can my name did you put me at a good table too by the way am yeah, i yeah you're with, you're with the homies bro okay okay so we got the we got the crew up there yeah 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 you know everybody okay. at the table can my name tag does my name tag say clips on it by it any does chance does not Damn it. I, we, we, we full-on had this conversation um it's really funny like we didn't we didn't <laughs> i can't believe i thought we were staying on brand drew i i almost so the way that i almost had it in was your your first name clips in mm-hmm. quotations last name mm-hmm. i almost but it didn't fit Mm. And it, it also didn't work for us to just have clips on there. So unfortunately, your Damn your it. government name will be out there um, and, and it will not say clips. God, you're really Honestly. messing up my Instagram photos. I, man. Hey, how about how about the fact that your boy tried? How about, you at least how about tried. the fact I tried? How about Casey, I tried? Casey kiboshed that quick, huh? Wasn't happening. No, it's the fit. It was literally the fit. Like all of the cards have to be the same font. And so we actually had to cut down on one of the guests' last name because they had a hyphenated last name. We had to like remove one. Is of it the... Giannis Antetokounmpo? No, 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 not no. coming. Mm. No, he's not. And he would just be Giannis, I think. But we do have a Gianna coming, who's awesome. She's she's great. Well, we could have done clips and then my last name, but it's okay. Hey, your wedding, not mine. Just thought yeah. we could have stayed on brand for that, but it is what yeah. it is. Your wedding will be at uh, the new the new crypto arena or whatever. My wedding is. will be when everybody's dead because that will <laughs> never happen. So it's okay. <laughs> Uh, either way, we're going to be back shortly. Hopefully it's a happy podcast on the next one. Clippers cannot lose two in a row. I just need one of these two. Get me into the first round. We're so close to the Drew wedding. It's crazy, but we're going to be back shortly. It is the follow through with Clips and Drew and we're ghosts. You know what it is. You know what it is. You know where you're at. This is the follow through with Clips and Drew. What up podcast world? What up? What up podcast world? You know what it is. You know where you're at. This is the